The information presented in this podcast is not intended for the treatment or prevention of disease or any medical condition, nor is a substitute for medical advice. The information contained here in this podcast reflects only the opinion of the author and presenter and is in no way considered required practice. Welcome to Motivation and Muscle, the podcast that connects your brain to your brawn. Seven. As I was saying yesterday, Doctor Wong, we uh, this is masculinity here. Um, as I always say, men don't apologize for being men. And one of the things I want to say right up front, so I don't forget about it. Possibly tomorrow, I'm going to speak with Douglas this evening. It looks like we're ready to go, just about. And I don't think there's much holding it back now. Uh, the manly men's movement that was built. And it was an idea that came from myself, Dr. Wong, and Douglas Graham. Um, it's going to be very interesting because it's not only going to be about stressing what it is to be a man the way we see it and the strength end of it and, and the mental end of it and, of course, the spiritual end of it, but it's going to be a page where men can speak back and forth with one another. We have, obviously, something a lot of people call forums, but you can go in talk about what's on your mind, video you want to do. It's all related to strength. Obviously, you want to get the young men in here. And we, If you've got daughters, too, it's not just going to be sanctioned to that, but we really need something that's going to speak to men and change a lot of the ideas that have been incorporated in them. And a lot of them are in very poor physical shape, mental shape. And a lot of men right now, I talk to tons of them out there, these 40-year-old guys are, are just totally confused about their role in the world. Well, I'm going to bring Bill Crawford in here shortly. One of the things we just talked about was leadership. That's what we want men to do, lead. Be strong for their wives and their sons and daughters. And we're going to get into more and more of that, but chances are that page is going to launch tomorrow, and that is going to be very big here. That will be on FiorellaBarbellCo.com. And speaking of that, Go out and check out the best product, I believe, out there called Winners and Champions, Inc. That's 14 modules for a thinker, for someone that wants to learn. We can do all the video you want, but until you learn how to do these important forgotten movements, which really shed strength all through your being, there is no point of video. All right, there's enough material vocally on each module to start you on your way. So look at that. Also look at our Prosperity Conscious page. You know, we talk about donations and things of that nature to run this company, besides whatever else I'm bringing in. Well, I've been doing so much studying mentally with things. I always felt now that we are talking from a lack. Lack is not good because it brings in more lack to whatever you're doing or yourself. Now... This is this is the thing about prosperity consciousness. We give more, I believe, than anybody out there. I mean, you look at 800 podcasts, the people I've had on here, some of the biggest names in strength. And we keep adding all the time. I mean, we have a mutual friend, and I think the world of this guy, you know, Martin Janzix is on with us next week. 
Tara Shaw's on with us next week. I don't have my schedule in front of me, but that's the quality of people coming in here. And you're seeing more and more, whether it's a big name you recognize or somebody in the industry that has to do with all your mental tenacity, this is the route we're going. You can't stay in one spot. It'll be like quicksand and take you down eventually. This show is going to be live before you know it. That's my vision. That's my future, and I want you to come along with me. Also, too, um, go out to uh, motivationmuscle.com slash category slash podcast. As I said, we got our good, good friend Bill Crawford coming in here shortly. Um, just look at all the shows Bill and I have done. And as everybody told me, I got tons of great feedback from our last show a few weeks back on the bicep course. Um it's absolutely amazing. There's people sending me stuff that were saying, Jason Gillen said to me, I remember one right there, the best show the two of you have ever done together. He said it was great from top to bottom. So thanks, Jason, for that. We appreciate that. Also, too, go out to motivationmuscle.com, sign up for our free newsletter. When I get around to them, which will be soon, I'll be sending a lot of content out there. Um, Subscribe to our YouTube channel, Fiorello Barbell, Real Strength, Real Men. That's out there. I'm going to read one short thing today, and this is a fantastic book. Robert H. Schuler, Tough Times Never Last, But Tough People Do. And it's very short and very concise, because normally I'll read stuff by Vince Lombardi or our pal Steve Jack. We're going to just change up a little bit today. Here it is. If it's going to be, it's up to me. Short right to the point. With that in mind, I'm going to give you a bio on Bill momentarily, and here it is. Number one, Bill is a medical doctor, a strong man, Highland Games competitor, stone lifter, writer, and speaker, and anybody that's not familiar with his work in Milo, you should go back and get all the issues of it. Um, Just incredible stuff, and it's the type of material that not only do you learn from, you walk away inspired. That, to me right now, is the most important thing in anything I dabble with. What is going on in my mind after I listen or read or write something out? Where is it leading me? And we might even hit that today. But before I bring Bill in, we're going to talk about his group of young lifters called Full Sturker, how they did in the meet recently. They went into a powerlifting meet. And we're going to get into one of my favorites ever, the press. So, Bill, welcome back, brother. It's always an honor. Thank you, Eric. It's great to be back. Always love talking with you. Thank you, sir. Um, anything I missed? Websites? Anything like that? If not, let's get fired right into the full Sturker crew. Okay. Yeah, sure. Thank you. Now, I've, uh, as I'd said in the uh, last uh, podcast, I've been uh, taking my uh, little team that I have in my garage, Jim, uh, my son, the kid next door, and uh, a local radio uh, personality who just threw different people we've met uh, he wanted to he'd been doing crossfit and wanted to power lift and then a woman who's joined us as well and uh, we call it team full sturker just like uh full sturker with the uh the Hoosevel stone so team full strength and um and so we went to the usapl uh meet last weekend and um everybody had personal bests uh they had good squats pretty good bench presses and everybody far exceeded what they thought they could do in the deadlift and and uh the, the, they do everything in kilos so they're probably not as fast i was understanding kilos as they could be so i just said you know i'm going to register your next lift i just watched their mechanics yep 
see if they were breaking down and see if they could get to their top list. And their, the goals for each one of them before the meet were my son's 15. He wanted to deadlift 300. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, the the uh, the 42-year-old man who's a, uh, who is his first powerlifting meet, he wanted to deadlift 350, but he's a he's a lightweight. Yep. And, um, the young man next door, he was. this is his second meet, but he's only been lifting since April, this past April. Um, and he wanted a deadlift 450. Um, so, uh, my son deadlifted 302. Nice. Um, and, uh, 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 and the other guy, Mark, he deadlifted, uh, or Nazi as he's known, lifted, uh, 352 in the deadlift. It's all in kilos, 160 mm-hmm. kilos. And then, uh, TJ, the young man next door, dead- deadlifted 220 kilos, 484. Whoa. Nice. And so, uh, cause I watch his mechanics and, and, uh, I'd been watching him. And I looked, I always looked over at my wife and say, that kid's a lifter. He doesn't know it cause he's, Yep. Yeah, these big, powerful legs, and I'd say that kid's a lifter. Yep. And then in the end, it turned out that you know th- th- it was just mental. They actually had the firepower and the physical ability to do it. They just needed to be kind of shepherded into the right place. And and I would sit with them and be very quiet. And I would take them up and I would just slap them on the back and push them out on the platform. And they would perform. And they'd come back in. I'd say, "Go sit down." Yep. And I just had this little. We had this little corral of chairs, and we just kept it quiet. And they got really serious about the deadlift in particular. They were serious about all the lifts, but it was it was you know fantastic to see. They were just exuberant after the meet. They just could not believe that they had done this. And I said, I said, you're just starting to bite on the apple. Yeah. You know, this is uh, you know you're at the beginning of the journey, and said, see, see what the possibilities are. Yep. Um, the last young man, uh, TJ, walked off the off the platform. And he thought he deadlifted 450. I said, no, son, that was 484. That was 220 kilos. Yep. You know, for a guy who just weighs over two hundred, has been been training since last, uh, you know, since last uh, April, just eight months into it. I think that's quite a lift, pushing five hundred, you know, the five hundred mark on a deadlift that quickly at twenty one years old. So, yep. I think that you know, um, so what it, what it, what really happened though is that we became sort of a our own little cabal of lifters out in the gym, and you know, we talked about a lot of things that would make you a better person and. And be a better, um, uh, you know, just just being like you said, your manly man movement. That that you know, being a being a good man is not being a, a, a true man is not being macho or right. or or, uh, or being verbose. What it's really about is is just showing people, mm-hmm. you know. And and uh, you, you mentioned leadership. You know, leadership is really is really about uh, is really about service and humility. Um, and that's something that, uh, I think everybody could learn from. So, uh, that's, you know, we, we talk about those things. I make sure that they clean up, that they spot, they're respectful. They talk, they talk well to each other yep. in the gym and, and it's just super positive. And I can tell you it's radiating and reflecting in the, into their lives because mm-hmm. just having a chance to be able to talk to them in that way and help them achieve these goals is radiated into my life, you know, immeasurably, frankly. Hey, you know, Bill, the whole thing with with all of this, especially with the younger kids too, is, you know, a lot of people say, well, there's not a lot of that type of positive energy around. There, it, it's been it's been muted, neutered quite a bit. But the thing is, and I'll say this forever, the best place to gain education. Look, everybody goes to school. Maybe it's what we want to do. Maybe not whatever situation we get in down the road. But the pe- the people that truly learn and understand physical culture, because physical culture is a lifestyle, obviously, but 
the best learning, this is me talking, besides I was very lucky with my parents, was out in that garage out there in the freezing cold with freezing bars with stones that you know the other day i was taking a sledgehammer and cracking the stones on the side to be able to get them off the ground and most people say to me you're out of your mind why do you even bother doing that why because every time i do things like that it's another learning lesson in one way or another and when such as you have a young son when they see their father or the the other gentleman with in full sturker that see the way you behave and the things you do and the way you carry yourself because that's very important how you walk look people in the eye shake their hand firmly give them just a nice word like hey you're doing a great job today people don't understand little things like that can take a human being a lifetime to go and accomplish the great things they want to do because they're always going to be forging ahead, doing something new, doing something new. Like you're talking here with these young men who exceeded every lift, you know, the deadlift right there. And they're like, wow, I did that? Well, yeah, and those little things make bigger things start to come and the next step comes and the next step. And we can never discount the power of words and leadership and how you do things. And that's why that Manly Men's page came about, because there is such a lack, I feel, out there that this needs to be brought up front. No one's saying to go to Iceland and lift a 418-pound Husafell stone and walk at 50 meters. But if you tell me you're going to do it, I'd be happier in hell for you. But as I say here, and I'll give it right to you, Little things, you know, people would come here and I'd train them. Well, I don't know, sandbag? Yeah, let, let's let's incorporate it and go with it. The next thing you know, you got kids starting to use the Hoosa Steel Stones that we built here. You know, so never say never and never say one thing can't lead to another because what I have found here, very few people that will start a program ever stop at that point they're always going to kind of want to get fed a little more a little more and i'll say to them in the beginning do you remember when you came here you didn't even want to touch a 25 pound sandbag so take it away well i think uh, we talked a little bit about the press and we yep. were uh, sort of you know pressing of all sorts and and um you know obviously it's uh one of the things that uh um that strongman has done and i think somewhat crossfit i did say crossfit don't <laughs> out has done is actually start to reincorporate uh, the press. Yep. In, uh, because, you know, 1972, the, the Olympic press was uh, discontinued, and it uh, it really changed weightlifting. It went it uh, went from weightlifting to powerlifting because guys liked, you know, the effect of a big bench press. Yeah. Um, and then strongman came along and then pressing overhead of all sorts, dumbbells and um, even kettlebells and barbells and logs and thick bars and whatever else you can get your stones, whatever else you can get your hands on overhead pressing, you know, became something that people really wanted to do again. And I think that's because it genuinely generates a lot of power when you lie down on a bench and, mm-hmm. and, um, you know, a bench is a great exercise. Um, but it, you know, it's, uh, it's kind of taken over and pushed the overhead press out of the way. Um, the overhead press really is, uh, is uh, to me more of a, a full body movement. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you've got to, you've got to, uh, also, uh, um, 
be more mindful of some more details because you're you're standing on your feet. You're not just lying relying on an implement like a bench. Right. So uh, and people love pressing. I mean, people viscerally get the idea. When you see somebody lie down on a bench and bench a big weight, they, people say, wow, that was cool. We see somebody actually press a heavy weight overhead. There's a much more visceral response. Mm-hmm. I mean, um, I've been part of uh, you know a lot of scrum men, and I can tell you when you see somebody press a 400 or 450 pound implement over their head, Oof. even if it's a push press, yeah, people get it. I mean, there's a lot of excitement. If you saw a 400 pound bench press in a meet, you know, you'd be like, well, that's that's a very good lift, but it's you know nothing to nothing to get crazy about, right? So uh, it's it's just very different. Plus, like you said, you can put on a shirt, and uh, you can turn a you can turn um, you can turn somebody into a big bench presser, you know, with just putting just buying a shirt. So yeah, that's but the overhead press, there's no shirt. <laughs> no, there's not. And you and I both know uh, you've been enough meets like myself. Um, watch what happens when one of those shirts blow out. It, look, it looks like the weight's going to go right through their chest, literally, all right? So, look, I, I, if you want to be a bench presser, and I'm talking, if we do anything here, we do a close-grip floor press uh, dead started off the rods. I don't use anything else. You'll use what you can use for that day. Normally, we'll use a 2-inch or a 3-inch thick bar, too, because I want to limit the weight. I'm not, I'm not using it to go for a mo- monster uh, bench press, so... I love all that stuff, but I'll tell you one thing. I love the idea, you know, I think I've told you before, especially I felt with the Husafel stone, things like to pull you forward. And what we did on my garage wall, we got six-by-sixes lagged, obviously, into the wall of the garage from the outside, and it's below the frost line so they never collapse. And what I noticed a lot with that stone, and I watched people a lot, is it will try to pull you forward. And I said to myself, you know, insertions are so crucial with everything. So what we did outside for a pressing movement, and you can use it for a bent row, is we took, obviously, these big, huge uh, uh, toe chains. They're built all into the 6 by 6s and they come down. And my buddy's an electrician. I said to him, what could we get, you think, that might be rubberized that would hold these animals, suspend them? I could get under them. If I got caught, it wouldn't matter. I could just crawl right out from under it. Well, he said they make these pieces where they're, it's like a big loop that would attach into the chain, and it comes down, and, and picture a fork in the road. Now, this is all rubberized stuff, it's, and it's all metal covered with this rubber. And all you do, it has a hole on each end, and I can go up to, obviously, a two-inch dumbbell handle, and it can suspend. I can also do, obviously, partial bent rows with it if I want to. You want to talk about a magnificent piece of pressing. Obviously, it comes back from the old days of when the gents used to hang. And I would do it if I had a garage right now that was bigger, I would do it so I could just have a space for that where you have the big change suspended from your cement ceiling in your garage. And you put your barbell in there, whatever you're going to use, wrap it with your chain. It's hanging there. You can overload. Yeah, concept like a power rack, obviously, but a different form of pressing. I love all that stuff. And and you talked about, you know, 
standing, I mean cleaning and pressing, or cleaning and pressing, what feels better than a big, huge dumbbell? And it doesn't have to be a circus dumbbell like we see all over. How about just loading a, a rusty old bar, whether it's one inch, two inch, nice and safe, a good set of collars that bite on each end. You clean that monster, and whether you got to push press it up or you just stand bolt upright and lock it out, what's better? Go ahead, Bill, take it. Well, I, I agree with you. I love. Uh, I've got my favorite bar to press with is actually a, a bar that a man named Sutherland from Michigan made. I got it from John Wood. Yep. And uh, you know the normal uh, uh, type of steel that you get for um, barbells. Like if you go to uh, uh, like a sporting goods store and get one of the cheap uh, bars that that have a very poor knurling. The reason yep. it doesn't have a good knurling because it's the metal's too soft. To actually, have a good knurling. Um, but that's about six points of carbon per, per micrometer. Um, this this actually has, I believe it's 46 uh, points of carbon per micrometer, meaning that or micrometer, uh, meaning that this is the kind, this is the grade of steel that you'd make a, the blade of a of a, a bulldozer with. Yep, yep. You know the the hardest of the hard. You yep. know, um, and it's uh, and so, but I've got I've had this bar for some time. Like you said, it's got nice collars. I have uh, a bunch of standard plates. I have a, I have, a I have a stack of fifties and a stack of twenty uh, fives and tens and fives and two and a halfs and even one pounders. I feel like I'm stepping back in the time, yeah. And I feel it's very genuine because I don't have a rotating collar. It's a little bit narrow. Um, it's not you know. So for a guy with wider shoulders, you're taking up most of the bar. But I just love the feeling of, and you, and you can't like you can't do a double knee bend and brush it against your legs. That's why guys used to. That's why they call it the clean because they'd have to pull the bar directly to the shoulders because it wasn't allowed to touch the body yep. because the bars didn't have rotating collars. That that's a, that's only in the last you know I think probably sixty years they let the bar touch the body. So that's why the split style was so prevalent. Mm-hmm. And uh, but anyway, so with that barbell and setup, I just love uh, the feel of having it. The, it makes this little distinctive clink when you get it to your shoulders. And then you press it or push press it, you know, and it's just, I just love that. I just love that feeling. But to, to, to really, you know, get to the base of, a, of, a, of, a, um, of pressing, I had a friend who was, uh, um, he was an older lifter, a guy named Jim Cuddy. He used to go around with me to meets with me and some other older lifters. Uh, actually, uh, Joe Doobie handled me a few times. Oh, wow. Yeah. Joe Doobie, uh, and uh, he, he was the, uh, Last American to hold an open uh, world's record, I believe, and, and it was in the uh, press. He, he pressed 464, I believe it was, um, and that was back in the day. Um, believe me, that's a – think about that today. Ah. A clean and press. And yeah. Anyway, so uh, Joe knew a little bit about pressing. He talked about it a lot. And so a press, press – a good press overhead starts in, in the feet, believe it or not. Yep. I kind of, I kind of pushed my toes into the ground. Yep. And this is from talking old timers, you know, and looking at numerous pictures of people like Norb Shemansky and John Davis and yep. and Paul Anderson. But, uh, you know, I push my feet into the end of my toes into the floor and I tense my body from the you know lower leg to the thighs and the hips and the low back. And it's just like it's like a lightning rod that goes straight from the ground up. Yep. And then and with that um, actually turns into a uh, uh, um it actually turns into uh, a, you, you turn your body into a platform, mm-hmm. just like you would on a bench. You become the implement, and that's when you then start to press. 
And then from there, you want to sort of, I, I just, I tell people, I actually look down at the bar a little bit and then start to generate this power, this overwhelming upsurge for my lats and my traps and my, and, and really just sort of start to sort of heave the shoulder girdle, girdle forward till it gets to my nose. And then when it gets to my nose, then that's, that's the part that's, that's then crucial that you need to start to push the bar up over your face and then back. Mm-hmm. And if you're if you watch a lot of good bench pressers, they make the same movement. So they actually feed each other. And I have I have you know, I have my bench pressers overhead lift, and I have my overhead lifters bench press. Yeah. You know. Yeah. I think they can really feed each other if you do them correctly. Um, but the overhead press is just really a, a is an art. And I think um, people said that if you never saw Paul Anderson lift, then you can't speak about Paul Anderson's numbers because of just how he did them. Yeah. And I think for me. The same would be true for Zadrunas Saviscus. Yep. You know, uh, um, you know, you know. Comments aside about it was a different time, and, and we know what we're talking. You know, we, everybody knows what I'm applying. Um, but uh, if you saw Zadrunas in, uh, in person, and when he was really in his heyday, you just have to see it. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> he would. He, everybody else would be heaving the weight as hard as they could, and he would just turn his chin up and just in his regal manner, just you know, just push the weight. And so you can just feel the whole place deflate with the other strumming going like, wow, that's the man, you know? Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, but it, in, and I had a, had a nice conversation with us and with him at Fortissimus, they had a pressing medley that he had won handily. Um, and, um, he literally would press the lighter implements as he was walking to drop behind them to get to the next implement. Mm-hmm. That's how good he was with the press. But, uh, Fortissimus up in Quebec was, a was a, a competition for strongmen that was an homage to uh, Louis Sear. Right. So that was uh, Montmagny, was where he was from. It's up on the uh, uh, St. Lawrence Waterway. And I got a chance to cover that for uh, for Milo and write an article about it. And um, um, this, they only had two of them, which is a shame because the implements were beautiful and the spear of the competition was fabulous. Mm-hmm. But I had a good conversation with Sadrunas about his pressing. And... Um, he has an old-time exercise, he, and he admitted, he said, it's nothing I invented. He said he got it from an older guy who used to do a lot of Olympic pressing. And he said he would. He sits on the floor mm-hmm. in a power rack with his legs extended forward, and he puts the bar, he, he has the bar on the pins just above his shoulders, so there's no weight on his shoulders. Right. So he's sitting on the floor with his, his legs extended straight out in front of him, his, and his feet actually together, so he can't offer any, any more stability. And then he presses the weight yep overhead i said wow that would really you know you know you really have to supercharge your stabilizing muscles and and also learn the nuances of a press and make your shoulder strong so i i rushed right home <laughs> set my, and set my pins on my power rack and i thought i'm you know, pretty good presser actually i think you know and i mean 135 felt impossible yeah yep. then it was more depressing when i thought about the the you know sadruna said that he was actually handling um, 175 kilos for triples. Oh man! That's 385 <laughs> yeah. pounds. Yeah, For folks that aren't facile with uh, kilograms, so um, 375, uh, 385 pounds overhead, sitting with his feet forward. So you know, getting a 400 pound barbell on your shoulders or 450 pound log is like nothing. You know, it's uh, you know, it's nothing but the shouting left now because it's going to happen. Yep. So it's it is a it is a real art, and honestly. And I've even heard Arnold Schwarzenegger say this: the the image of a man with a barbell over his head is the irrefutable driving cause of most 
people getting into lifting. Yeah. Think about it. Yeah. You know, it's not it's not a it's not a deadlift. It's not a not even a, not even a, a big jerk. Yeah. You know, or, or it's it's the it's a pressing of a uh, it's the pressing of a uh, of a heavy implement overhead. And I, I every, you know, everyone that watched Stoneland saw uh, Martin Jancis, which you've mentioned, uh, yep. was coming. Up. By the way, you talk about a quality human being. That's, You're not kidding, man. One of the best people I've ever met, and I, I consider him to be a, a, a brother, and I mean that in every good way. Yeah, uh, uh, Bill, I'll tell you, he thinks the world of you. Uh, we talk a lot offline with, about different people. Um, he, I, I, I can't speak for him, but I would speculate the feeling is mutual. He is by far not only one of the nicest people I've ever met, as I said to you offline before we came on, there's a guy that's not holding the thing back. He would help anybody and 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 you know something in today's world that's not a real commonality with a lot of things but as i'll say and i'll give it right back to you is this i think the lifters that understand what this whole thing we do here and strength and everything else incorporated in it is about are the guys like the martins and you and myself and everybody else that's affiliated here because my whole thing is I would just want to see people do well. You know, I said it's not so much about how heavy it is. Just get out there and start doing it because I'm telling you right now, I believe innately we all have this in us. The problem is not everybody travels around in these circles or they don't get lucky to meet people. But if you put this out to the universe, you want to do something, you're going to bump into somebody like a Bill or myself or a Martin, and it'll be the best bump you've ever had. Go ahead and take it. Well, uh, so, you know, watching Martin and Stoneland uh, press those, um, you know, do those presses um, with that stone overhead. And, and I've got yep. some pressing blocks at my house. They're just they're just cut granite. Yep. And I'm telling you, man, that is one of the best implements you can press with because, you know, like Steve Jack actually he said many times, you know, you, I think you even said that before that um, that a that a barbell was made to be lifted, but a stone is defiant. Yeah. Absolutely, and that's the difference. That's yep. the difference, and and you want to really get defiance. Try to press that thing over your head. Oh yeah. So, um, I, I really feel if you can get a natural stone or a piece of cut granite and start pressing it overhead, you're you're going to develop pressing power and strength that you wouldn't get from a regular barbell. Without a doubt. I mean, because your hands are closer together, the positioning, your face, you know, the the things in your face, you have to start from a further uh, forward position with your hands. And if you don't push back, you don't get it. Exactly. Well, and, and then, yeah, it's just a, it's just a challenge to actually get it to your shoulders. Oh yeah. I well, mean, half the half the thing with a with a stone press is that you've got to be able to actually get the darn thing up in a place that's that's manageable to even start the lift. Well, you know, an interesting thing for anybody out there that wants to get into it and is not going to pour their own blocks. Um, spring's coming. They'll be tearing up roads everywhere, and you'll see I'm talking a mountain full of cement. Um, I went last year and asked for a few of these big, huge pieces. Those guys couldn't be happier than giving it to you. Um, get it home. If it's too heavy, take a sledgehammer or a chisel and sit there and beat the life out of it until you crack a piece out of it you want. 
you want to talk about, you know, Bill's talking about pressing this thing, and, you know, we know it's different than a barbell just because of the fight you have to have with it to do it. But sit there with a chisel and a sledgehammer and beat the snot out of it until you crack it out. And you want to talk about a workout then? It's You, you can be so imaginative with anything you want to build and press. And that's going to lead me into the next question with you. Obviously, you know, you're you're an Olympic lifter. You've done a lot of different things, Bill. Tell me this. If you had to pick one, would you rather pick huge dumbbells up? And I'm talking in any modality, but since we're talking press, or would you rather have a barbell implement overhead, or is it 50-50 or one or the other? I, I think that's I think that's fifty fifty. I, I think uh, I've, every person I've known that's been a good barbell presser or log presser or overheads good with dumbbells. Also, mm-hmm. I do love one handed presses, and I, especially since I've gotten older, because I think sometimes you're with um, with two hand pressing. Sometimes uh, your shoulders get a little tight, and it actually affects your trapezius and your neck, mm-hmm. and um, and that can be that can be an issue for you. Whereas dumbbells actually, and, and heavy kettlebells, I've got some big hundred plus kettlebells that are fun to press, and um, you know, would and uh, they they actually give uh, a little more um, three dimensional range of motion. That's one of the beauties of a dumbbell or a kettlebell is it's not in a fixed plane. Mm-hmm. So between a machine, you're you're in you're in a you're in a one dimensional plane. A barbell, you at least have to compromise you have you have to navigate two planes of you know resistance forward and backward basically uh or sorry uh you have the forward and backward and the up and down yep whereas a dumbbell as you know a pair of dumbbells they can go all over the place yeah yeah <laughs> i mean and so i think it does help for stability um and practice i can tell you this if you're good at pressing dumbbells you're good at pressing mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um so if I were just to say I've got one implement I've got to take, um, and I've you know revealing to you before the show that I'm getting ready to make a move to North Carolina, and uh, I'll be there for probably three months with just what I can throw in the back of my Jeep and make it down there with. So yep. a pair of short little squat racks, a bench, um, and uh, some plates. And so I'm kind of selecting: do I take solid dumbbells or do I just take my you know loadable? Loadable. Yep. I think I'll take loadable because I can. I think a one-handed situation is probably about as good as I'm going to do, and um, so I'm going to get to experiment with myself and say, okay, with the stripped-down basics, mm-hmm. the absolute utter basics. I don't have, you know, I don't have an option for different bars and all those kind of things. I'm, I'll be living with my cousin and just basically dropping stuff in her her husband's uh, garage and sort of terrorizing their neighborhood. <laughs> Um, but uh so having a chance to sort of you know see what would be the best implement i might have i might have a, uh, some more answers for you um, nice. i love the overhead press over the barbell i like i said that 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 setup i have with the standard barbell not the olympic barbell right my absolute favorite that's that's what i press overhead and uh it's actually it's actually a little harder because it's you know and i might can handle more weight with the collar uh, implement, but it, you know, with the Olympic implement with the revolving collars and it's thicker and it's wider and all these other things, but I just like the feel of it. I yeah. think back that, you know, somebody like John Davis, yeah. who had been, you know, he was in the basement of a church and was making himself an Olympic champion with a, with a, with a standard barbell. Yep. 
Um, and if it's good enough for John Davis, and I, I can tell you that uh, Paul Anderson lifted his share of standard barbells too. Yep. Um, if it's good enough for John Davis or Tommy Kono, yeah. he started off with that. I started off with a standard barbell. I would love to see people start to understand and get into those. And I was hoping that, 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 um, you know, that, uh, John, John Woods, uh, you know, having those beautiful, uh, uh, barbells, um, available because they're such high quality. I tell oh, yeah. people it's the best bar I've got in my gym, which says a lot. Cause I've, you know, got tons. I'm not, I'm not throwing out names for, for sponsors or anything, but you know, I've got York, I've got, yeah. um, rogue, I've got Texas power, you yep. know, um, uh, Alico, uh, I mean, my, you know, uh, Iron Mind. Yeah. Yep. You know, just all the top, but the best bar that I own is that one. <laughs> well, I'll tell you. Just for the strength of the bar and the, and the feel and the, and the craftsmanship, I can tell you. That's a very, very good bar. Nothing against the other ones. I'm just saying that one is the, that one you can feel the, you can see the handmade quality. Well, it's too bad that Jim Sutherland went through a lot of the problems he did with his business because I had, uh, years ago, he was making these screaming heavy-duty calf machines, you know, and there was problems, I think, at the time. He and his wife were going through some bad times. It was supposedly starting to be built, but obviously he had to send me the money back. But there are things I always look in any gym that's going out of business, especially if they've been around for a long time. There's two things I look for. York old Circa bars that aren't bent, and I don't even care if they are bent. I just love the old York stuff. And secondly, you can take it to a metal shop, you can take yeah, it heat it up, heat it up, heat it up. They'll yeah. straighten it out, and they can brush out the knurling. It'll yeah, come out. They'll they'll break it apart. I had for a hundred dollars. I had a um, machine shop here redo my York bar because I get this bar used. Yeah, like thirty years ago, which. Really, you have to use your imagination. I'm certain, without with with certainty, this bar is 50 years old. Yep. And I need to take it back and have it reworked. But it's a it's a just a beautiful piece of art. Oh yeah. Well, I do the same thing. And if I go places because I've bought things and I sold them, this one gym had a couple pieces. They had a, a Sutherland bench. Um, you look at his stuff, and Bill's got it right on the money. I mean, I swear to God, I think you could drop Planet Earth on it, and it wouldn't break it. I mean it. I, I, I don't mean that as yeah. a joke. This stuff is such high end. And I, and I'm one of these guys that believe in overbuilt. Now, a lot of people will say, well, why? Well, I, I, you know, confidence is a big factor in what we do. You get in a power rack and this thing could bend or break. I don't want something like that. I want something that literally, if I don't lag it to the ground, I could bump into it and it would hurt me before it even would move the rack. So that guy was real quality. Um, you know, and I said to, the, to you on one of the shows, I think a long time ago, how I had read an old story by Dr. Ken talking about the barbell curl and how he had gone back similar like what you're talking about to the old standard. You know, he was using a York whatever circa year that was, a one-inch bar. And I told you how I've got one of them, and I went out and started doing, obviously, the, the standard barbell curl with it, and anything I do in a rack, I'll do with an Apollon axle with a hold against, you know, one of the, rod, the rods for an isometric. But the thing I liked about um, the one-inch bar for curling is this. You know, you build a good quality back. you got some big lats. And that was one of the things he mentioned. And I'll tell you, it does make a difference. 
you can literally put your elbows into your lats if they're wide enough and curl. The feeling you get with that bar is absolutely incredible. And I've got 10s and 50s and 25s all over the place like Bill does with a standard one-inch hole in them. You should give it a try, whether it's the press or the curl. I'm telling you right now, it, it will change your life for training. Go ahead, Bill. Take it. Well, what I'd love to find is a pair of uh, old hundreds. Um, you know, a pair of old hundreds that have their standards. Um, yeah. I, so just as a, uh, just on my own, because even though people tell me that it's tested to, uh, that, that little, uh, that standard bar, um, is, uh, a normal barbell is seven feet long. Mm-hmm. This bar is only five feet long. Mm-hmm. Um, but, um, the standard, the, uh, so I said, I want to see, they said it would, it would take a thousand pounds of weight. And I'm like, mm, okay. Yeah. So I put it on a bench. And I put, I just loaded it with, uh, with, uh, you know, Olympic bar, uh, Olympic plates because I was just trying to get, I've got a bunch of hundreds and I just want to see what kind of bend there was. And I put a, you know, I put a laser to it and the thing barely flexed with 600 pounds on it. Yeah. So, yeah. But propped over a bench. Yeah. You know, so, uh, straddling it, I had to have some help because it was kind of tricky to get it all set up, but. You know, really, it really reflected the what I thought about the bar. So it, um, it a good standard exercise bar. But the the idea is that it's just there are just a lot of different ways to to uh, use just the basic equipment, and that's mm-hmm. the idea. You know, mm-hmm. uh, that's that's the that's the problem with a machine. You yeah. get a machine that can do one thing. You give me a barbell, and I've got a I've got a universe of of things to do with it. Yep. You know. Yep. Um, and, and I think that's what's happened is that people understand, you know, people understand simplicity, uh, is the, is, is the actual ideal now. And they, they're, they're getting that idea. Um, yep. fortunately, um, I think one of the best things you could do with machines. And now I say machines, there's some, you know, like the reverse hyper, I think is a very good idea and some other things, but, um, you walk into places now that actually commercial places and and uh, most of them don't have a bunch of machines you know mm-hmm. and and it's just that people have realized that uh they got kind of they kind of it was an experiment and it was it was thought to have more safety and some other things but you know the the preload and the and the and the and the and the one-dimensional uh track and some other things the machines just don't pan out they don't they don't pan out. So the best thing you could do with machines is actually uh, is actually boil them and make barbells and dumbbells <laughs> and maybe, maybe cars or, or yep. you know, bulldozer blades or something useful. Um, but it's certainly not as lifting machines. No, and I always say you got to have contact to the road. And I think whenever you're using a big piece of metal or a stone, you got contact to the road. And by that, I mean this. You know, we were talking about how important the feet are with pressing and, you know, feet with everything. Feet connect directly to the brain. That's the stuff that sets your head on fire. And people don't understand about proprioception and things of that nature. And those are all things that a lifter should go out and read about and learn about the importance of it. But that's another show in itself. But that's what I'm saying. Your feet are to the road. And I mean, a machine isn't going to give you that. You know, you're in supposedly, quote-unquote, like you said, a safe environment. You sit in it. You lock yourself in with a seat belt or whatever they're using now, and away you go. Well, okay. But, man, oh, man, when you've got an Olympic bar or a standard bar and you've got to press it, you've got to be locked in every which way. A curl, 
you got to pick up a sandbag or a stone or you're doing something directly for your grip, you have to have the feet right to the road, the rubber to the road. Because if not, things can happen. I don't call things failures too much. I use everything as a temporary setback now. But this is what I'm talking about. You need to be engaged. Life is about engagement. Well, that stuff you do in your gym or your garage or wherever or outside, that's engagement. And when you engage, you can do some pretty spectacular things. Bill, I want—I know we're getting near time, but I want to ask you one more thing. Um, well, j- yeah, really one more. Um, name, na- just name for everybody out there some of your favorite pressers out there. And is there any names out there that maybe people aren't familiar with? Um, of oh, people who are, uh, for, that are, that are now past or present, uh, past or present. Um, well, I mean, there's a, there's a whole litany of people from the past and I named the number, a number right. of them, uh, you know, uh, John Davis, uh, yep. Doug Hepburn, um, um, uh, Norbert Shemansky, who was pressing over 400 pounds well into his forties in competition, uh, 400 pounds over 40. Uh, get your head around that. Yeah. Uh, Paul Anderson, obviously, you know, lift the world up with his pressing ability. Um, you know, uh, and I think the Russians really don't get the credit they deserve. Uh, you know, uh, Vasily Alexeyev was quite a good presser, even though I'd say that, you know, they, he was doing some shenanigans with his legs and there's a lot of Cold War uh, yeah. judging going on. But Sarah's Redding. Yeah. Uh, oh. He, he, had a, he, had a, he had a brutal physique and was a fantastic presser. Um, you know, Kim Patera. Yes. Uh, you know, Bruce Wilhelm, Wilhelm's book about Kim Patera tells a story where Kim Patera was actually, uh, walks into a gym, 405's on the rack, and these two guys were squatting, and they, he said, Can I work in? They thought he was going to squat, and he did three <laughs> presses with the weight. <laughs> I love it. And so he kind of threw them off. There's a guy named Bill March. Who oh, was, yeah. It was fantastic. I heard stories about him, like, um, you know, uh, where he was walking through the York gym and, Bill Starr told me this one, and, and there was three fifteen on a bar. Some guys are doing squats, and somebody said, "Hey, for you know, for lunch, I, I bet you can't press that thing cold." He was in his street clothes. Yep. And weighed about weighed about two hundred five pounds. He walks over and just presses it, and said, "I'll have steak, thank you," and walked away. <laughs> I love it. It's beautiful. And so uh, you know, there's a lot of yeah, a lot of great pressures. I'd say today that uh, that strongmen have become much better. Uh, someone like Dmitry uh, Savatinov, who yep. uh, he's made his name with pressing. Um, Obviously, Drunas Saviskas is the, is probably the, is, is a fantastic presser. Uh, Magnus for Magnuson in his day was very good with pressing and, and, and actually odd implements like barrels and stones. Yep. Um, and, um, so I think, uh, you know, Brian Shaw has become quite good and Half Thor is, uh, Half Thor Bjornsson's, uh, had to bring up his game because that was really his weaker part. I guess if you're 6'11. Yep. That uh, you know, that's a long way to push a weight, but he's really, really worked on it. and It's become very, very good at it. Um, so I think mostly it's just it's it you know what you do with it, and I think also don't get stuck on one thing. Yeah, know? yeah. Um, the, uh, the, the and the press is coming back in a new way. There's something called strength lifting, which uh, Mark Ripito's uh, uh, I think he was, it was his brainchild, but. It's a. Uh, it's mostly out in California, but it's spreading across the country. It's basically powerlifting minus the bench press with the uh, overhead press and a rack. Mm-hmm. Um, so go to the go to strengthlifting uh, website, uh, strengthlifting.com, and and um, uh, that's a that's a new concept. And I think people genuinely want to get good at you know 
handling a heavy weight overhead. You want some big shoulders? Look at the physiques of the guys back in the 60s and early 70s. Oh, yeah. For Olympic lifters. And I look at the Olympic lifters, and they look very athletic, but they don't have those big round shoulders they used to. You know, and it really took the Western world out of Olympic lifting because for some reason, Westerners really love that, you know, those crazy round shoulders, you know. Um, but pressing's really come back. I mean, like your sandbags. Oh, Look yeah. Sandbag or fill a keg up with water or sand. Yep. I've done that here, and it's just, I mean, it's hilarious. I've seen some really strong guys yeah. just get beaned in the head with, uh, you know, we, we took uh, four kegs, four beer kegs. Yep. And filled them up. We had 150, 175, 200, and 225. And I mean, it was just, I mean, 225, a, a beer keg that's kind of got sloshing. Oh, yeah. In it, like oh, yeah. Oh, is yeah. a phenomenal lift. Yep. It sure is. I mean, that is just a phenomenal lift. And so, you know, uh, there's a lot of different ways to do this thing. Oh, yeah. So um, I would say if you, if you were to tell me, you know, what's the one thing you do, I'd say, you know. Variety. Uh, Bar, you know, variety, but you know, doing the barbell press. Uh, as far as the bench press, I think the best uh, supplemental exercise is actually a close grip press, totally or, with or, you. A, yep. or, or a or a slight incline. Yep. Not the incline where we have the you know the thirty degree or forty five degree incline. I think that's a bit much. Those were more specific, but I'd say like a like a fifteen or twenty degree incline is a bench press, and because you're still trying to get you know hit all that muscle. You know, create all that muscle. So that's another way to do it. Yeah. Um, yep. So yep. just, you know, the best, like, you know, we talk about Norbert Szymanski, the best way for, the best way to get good at pressing is to press. Yeah, exactly. No, <laughs> and it, yeah, and it's so simple. And I'll tell you, a couple guys I liked for pressers was Gary Taylor out of Belgium, I believe it was. Oh, yeah. World no, strong. Uh, yeah, Gary was from uh, England. England, was it? Brutal, though. Um, uh, you know, an Olympic lifter, the whole thing. He had delts. And speaking of delts, a lot of the older guys from the YMCA when we were little kids used to call them build coconut delts. That's what they used yep. to call them. And I used to love that. I still say that word. And then, obviously, a guy that there's been so many things about him is Chuck Aarons. Um, Chuck, he, uh, Chuck, big as a truck. Uh, huge, and never took his shirt off. They'd always say, and the contraptions he'd build. He was a big dumbbell guy. Oh my god! And you know, one other guy I want to mention. And I'll give it back to you, and we'll give our info out. Is this? I can never not talk about a guy like Pat Casey either. Unbelievable. Yeah, because yeah, he would. He wasn't just his big bench press was built off of uh, heavy inclines and heavy overhead presses. Yep. He would tell you that I believe because yep. uh, yep. Bruce Wilhelm, Wilhelm wrote a book, uh, sort of a pamphlet style book about him as well, and he could handle handle a pair of hundred pound dumbbells, um, hundred hundred eighty pound and yep. two hundred pound dumbbells for yep. inclines. Yep, I've and got so, that. Uh, yeah, I've got so in, yeah. Go ahead. I'm sorry. And then, and then partial pressing is something we don't talk about either. Not just bench pressing, but Partial overhead pressing. Oh, Paul yeah. Anderson had a contraption where he would, um, not just a power rack, he didn't have that, so he would hang chains from the, a branch of a tree. Yep. Uh, just like, you know, digging a hole and squatting out of it. I mean, the guy was kind of a, a, a you know, a, pardon me, I, I take the word hillbilly as a uh, as a, as a badge of honor, kind of, because I'm from North oh, yeah. Carolina, but he was sort of a hillbilly savant of strength. I mean, yeah. He didn't yep. have a bunch of fancy stuff, so he just took, he hung chains over uh, a branch in a tree or, or, or you know, the uh, struts in a barn and the rafters in a barn and would would have partial pressing movements 
from his from his sticking point. Yep. So basically, they're like nose height pressing. They start from there to get past that sticking point. I mean, there's a universe of things that you can do with this. It's not just reaching down, picking it up, and press overhead. And people do this. They they start pressing and say, "Wow, I'm bad at it." Yeah. Yep. I'm bad at it. Well, you're bad at it because people haven't been doing it a long time. But the guys used to be really good at it, and it's an art. Yeah. And, and believe me, if you can press a heavy bar overhead or a heavy stone overhead or a heavy dumbbell overhead, you're strong. You know. Yeah, and you got to be a good presser, period, because you know something you and I talked about on the last show. You know, the new thing that's in the sexy thing now is neck and traps. Well, you and I both know, yeah, directly you can hit that with whatever you want. But when you build a shoulder girdle that is so powerful through the methodology we talked about, you know, and and there's no excuse for it either, Bill. You gave two things like this. Who can't afford to go buy 50-pound bags of sand? You can go and get the holders or make them with garbage bags. You can go down a, you can go to a Home Depot if you want to put the stuff into some type of sleeve-like holder and just invest in a lot of really good duct tape and you've got things that you can press a keg go to any distributor out there that's what i did do you got any kegs you don't want sure every keg i got was for free fill it with yeah, sand bent, and, right yeah, bent rims bent rim kegs they, they yeah throw them to recycle exactly and it's, a huge, it's just a huge can to them yeah, and to us, it's magic. But the thing is, like Bill said and I said, you can fill half with sand. You can fill it with sand. You can fill half with sand and water, or you just fill it with water. You want to talk about something when it's sloshing that, you, you know, everybody's saying, well, your core, this and that. I hate that word. You want abdominals like iron and the rest of you to go with it? Grab a grab a, sand, or, um, a keg that's sloshing around on you and hold it overhead. It's incredible. That's all. Um, Bill, anything else you want to add? Summarize everything. Anything you want to give out, I will give mine, and uh, we'll get set up for next month after the show, please. Well, just a couple more thoughts about yeah. the press. Uh, uh, you, you just hit it. Abdominals are very important for pressing. Mm-hmm. I think doing I think doing planks are, are a very good exercise for pressing. Mm-hmm. People give out for pressing because their abdominals or their rectus abdominis are, are weak. Another a good exercise, the old-fashioned wheel, the abdominal wheel. Yep. You put your hands on each side and you let yourself out and bring it back. Yep. If you can do even five reps of that, you've got really strong abdominal muscles, and that will help your pressing. One of my favorite pressing exercises is actually to, uh, I call it the scorpion press. Take a pair of dumbbells and press them and, and clean them both to the shoulders and then press one at a time. Oh, um, yeah. With yeah. your hands, with your hands. Uh, not facing forward, but with your hands facing uh, towards your, your your head. Yeah, and do one at a time. That also works the triceps quite a bit, and that gives that gives you a lot of extra dimension to be able to press whatever you want to press. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as me personally, um, um, I've been given the great honor to uh, uh, to be the announcer for the uh, Arnold Strongman Classic uh, in uh, Columbus, Ohio, next month, first weekend of uh, March. Uh, Get ready because they've got uh, they've got some new event. They've got a new event, um, and uh, they're changing up. Uh, they're going back a little bit old school with the pressing event. As as usual, it's the heaviest event in strongman period, um, and uh, they've got a. They're officially going to put a stone lift into the uh, competition, but it's not Atlas stones. Um, okay, I can't really I can't really tell you what it is, but but uh, fans of strongman should get ready. It's going to be something spectacular. 
uh, something we've been working on for a few months to, to develop and make sure that it looks right and is, is done well. And, um, and, and then obviously the uh, Highland Games in uh, September here at the New Hampshire Highland Games, and um, that's that's a that's that's going to be a big plus. And, and this year the uh, World Championships for for uh, heavy athletics and Highland Games is going to be in uh, Victoria, British Columbia, uh, the uh, last weekend of May. Mm-hmm. So that's something else to keep an eye out for. With now with uh, Dan McKim retired, yep. with Daniel out, um, there's you know it's wide open. There's some really big great throwers who are in the wings ready to take over yep yep it's gonna be a it's gonna be a dog fight this year to see who is the champion is matt vincent still competing uh matt has uh, been struggling he's it's well documented it's not a, a personal information with struggling with a knee injury but yeah uh, yep, yep. so he says he wants to get back into it i saw that he deadlifted 600 pounds in a competition a couple of weeks ago which means his recovery's improved but he's had a he struggled with that surgery afterwards and mm-hmm and um, by the way, we're having an indoor Highland Games at the Arnold uh, uh, Arnold uh, um, Sports Festival this year as well. So I'll I'll awesome. be a part of that. Uh, we have uh, there's amateur masters, women's, and um, and a top field of uh, the five best U.S. throwers. Uh, so uh, one of whom will probably be the world champion this year, I'm sure. Uh, so that's another thing to look for. So we had to modify all the implements, get throwing bags, and. And the cabers are made of aluminum with a with a rubberized floor, and it was really mm-hmm. popular last year. Anytime you have some bagpipes and kilts and big <laughs> guys throwing things, people are into it. Yeah, absolutely. It's one of the it's one of the uh, essential and uh, and magical things of strength is is Scottish Highland Games. Nice, and I stuff. love it, and I love it too much. <laughs> That's all right. I'll tell you one thing: what's not to love about any of this stuff? I mean, picking things up, throwing things, walking with things, um, and then just the idea that okay, we're going to go back to the older school stuff to clean and press or whatever we're going to do. You know, you talked about you know things. You know, you can think about anything you want, and the possibilities. That word. The possibilities are just endless. That's the thing about strength. You know, learn to create. Learn to, you know, go out and learn from people. Meet people. I mean, the the advantage you're going to have in every realm and aspect of your life is just unbelievable. What else you got, Bill? Anything else? Uh, no, that's it. We're just uh, kind of enduring some uh, cold weather, Yep. which is just going to make us tougher out in our gym. And otherwise, uh, I just... Uh, I just thank God for another day that I can go out in my gym and lift something. You're not kidding. All right. This is Motivation and Muscle Streaming Radio 24-7. Um, go out to FiorellaBarbellCo.com. Um, Winners and Champions, Inc. Go out and look at that product. We're also going to have, as I said, and it could possibly be tomorrow, uh, the um, Manly Men's Movement page, which is going to be quite interesting. I've got etched in stone, all written and done for men. I just have to go out and film the movements that go with that product. But that's going to be a product where I'm not going to put any of the movements out on the page because that's something that um, I'm not saying people haven't done them, but they're not doing them in the sequence that I do them. And I've worked with numerous people with that product here. Whether you wanted to gain size or lose weight, we've had phenomenal um, results with people that wanted to trim down. And the musculature they built just from that was incredible. Um, one thing I forgot to mention to, Bill, to you, Bill, was this, too. And at some point, maybe we'll hit 
some power rack work because you and I have never talked about that stuff per se in a workout. Um, when we talk about pressing, um, press from different levels, whether it's uh, doing a floor press or a standing press, and start getting acclimated with doing isometric holds. Start getting acclimated with doing dead start stuff. I'll tell you one movement I'm doing right now that will just rip you in half is start your press from one set of rods that's just at chin height and then bring the other set of rods to just a, well, just about your front hairline. All right. Try to take a, you know, hell with trying, do it. Um, grab the bar because you have no leverage at all with it, and push that thing up, and then, you know, I only do a couple rounds with it, and take your last heaviest set and push it for time against the set of rods above you. Now, you can go anywhere from two to four to six inches with them. I try to keep everything at midpoint, which is usually four inches of movement. Um, Go and hold a press like that, I swear, you want to talk about coconut-style delts, you'll have cannonballs for delts. So that's just something I forgot to pass on. That's another movement like the ones that Drunus gave Bill. My God, I can't even imagine if you combine those two together. It'd be unreal. Also, too, um, go out to FiorellaBarbellCo.com. Um, no, FiorellaBarbell.com. If there's a show you like Bill and I to do, just send me a note. I'm sure we can get whatever you want. Also, too, on FiorellaBarbellCo.com. Don't forget about our prosperity page. Give, 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 but the other point is to receive back. Read it, and you'll understand it totally. Go out to MotivationMuscle.com and look at all the shows Bill and I have done. Um, Look at the information there. The content is unbelievable. I've got 800 shows in a little over three years. I don't know many people that have that in five years if they're even still around. We are hungry, man, and I am very hungry. Also, too, um, go out to uh, MotivationMuscle.com, sign up for a free newsletter, and go out to our YouTube channel, Fiorello Barbell, Real Men, Real Strength, and subscribe. You'll love it. And we're going to add more and more um, video to it. It's just right now, there's so many kinks to work out with what I want to do. Um, There's just not time when you're alone to go out and film and try to work a camera. I just, I don't have the patience for any of that stuff. And when you're in that type of thought pattern, uh, a lot of times you just have too much aggression to be messing with an expensive camera. So that's a whole nother note. Um, Also, too... um, Go out to iTunes and Stitcher. Give us a five-star review. We appreciate that. Um, as I said before, um, if you meet someone in the concrete jungle or in the gym, give them five words to inspire. That can change your life. As my mom said when we were kids, never be afraid to say hello to someone or give them a smile for that day. You never know what people are dealing with. Also, too, if you're going to lift it, bend it, break it, twist it, pull it, squat it, Press it, and if you're going to lift stones, just crush them in the dust. And it's a great hoose of steel stone crusher, says in blood red domination. We dominate the pack. We clear cut the path. We don't follow anyone's dominate, obliterate, and dent everything in your path. Um, as Russell Fur says when he listens to our shows, I swear there's testosterone dripping out of my speakers. Well, it's always going to be that way. Because manliness, we believe in masculinity. 
and we got into that a little bit in the beginning. Just stay tuned to it. Frank Klein, my greatest business college professor, repetition, repetition, repetition. Quitters never win and winners never quit, he would say constantly. My dad, be a leader, not a follower. John Ridge, my greatest chiropractor ever, who were coming up on four years. We lost him to cancer. He would walk every patient in the door and say, keep smiling. John was an excellent, excellent human being, and he is missed, believe me. Say that on your best or worst day, or just walk around and say, keep smiling. You will do a mental mind shift like you wouldn't believe. Be a steward of strength. Don't stand on the side of the road and watch the world go by. Tell a 100 or more of your friends we're coming, because we won't kick your door and we'll blow the roof off your house. Join the family, join the revolution. We want to be part of you, and we want you to be part of us for the next 30 years. Les Brown, you all have greatness in you. We take it two steps further. We got your back, and we believe in you. And how many people would put an offer out like that? Bill, it's always an honor to have you on. I'm looking forward to March, obviously. Congratulations and much success in the future. And um, as I say, it's always an honor to have you with us, sir. Thank you again, Eric. You are welcome. So, for Bill Crawford, this is Eric Fiorello. Bill's show with me will be up on Monday. Um, And as I said, we got um, our pal Ryan Stewart, and I don't know if Bill's aware of this, but Ryan obviously had gone, and he went to the gathering and lifted the Denny's, and he owns a gym um, in the United States, and uh, he's going to Iceland to lift the Husafel, and he's been posting a lot of the stone work he's been doing. So he's on with me today at 2 o'clock. we got Eric Gutman on, and I don't have my schedule from there, but I do know we got Kara Shaw on and our pal Martin Janzix. And Kara is top draw, too. Her and Andrew Carney, great, great people, and I'm so glad they're part of our family. So for Bill Crawford, this is Eric Fiorello. Remember, Life is asking something from you. You need to go out and do it. It is required. Have a great weekend, everybody, and thanks for listening. Thanks so much for listening to Motivation & Muscle, the podcast that connected your brain to your brawn. We'll We'll see see you next time. time.